The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in beautiful Burlington. Championship golf, million-dollar views, what more can you ask for? Even in these troubled times, Crosswinds still provides a golfing experience that is second to none. And you know what? They're taking every precaution to ensure that your experience at Crosswinds is a safe and enjoyable one. The course is in fabulous shape, and you can get around in less than four hours. Talk about pace of play. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. For more information and tell them Hebsey sent you. Now, let's start the podcast. And welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number 190. That's right, 190. From the makeshift studio in Little Italy, I'm your host, Mark Hebsher. And at the new Toronto mothership, we've got Toronto Mike at the controls. Today on the show, going to be a testy one today folks tsn is under the gun twice already this week they were embroiled in issues that had to do with racism within their own ranks is tsn guilty of racist policies and should they be more supportive of persons of color and other minorities i got a few stories that'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up true stories also if the major league baseball season lasts only 65 to 70 games Will we have our first 400 hitter since Ted Williams? And should there be an asterisk or two next to that person's name if that happens? It's going to be weird. You're not going to have a 20-game winner in baseball, that's for sure. But you could have a 400 hitter. And you could have guys with the highest slugging percentage or on-base percentage in baseball history because of a shortened schedule. And there will be a World Series champion, they hope, uh, declared, which means the season is going to go into a books as a full season. Um, but man, can you imagine a 400 hitter? Maybe a couple of them. Like Sosa and Maguire were battling for home runs years ago. Uh, a couple guys battling to see if they could hit 400 over 65 or 70 games, whatever the schedule is going to be. The federal government here in Canada has cleared the way for a Canadian city to be one of the hub cities for the Stanley Cup tournament. Isn't that exciting? Woo. Uh, so they basically said, yeah, let them come to Toronto or Vancouver or Edmonton and I'm not sure I want a bunch of people in my town, for example, especially if we're doing really well, like we are here in Toronto um, uh, with uh, COVID-19 and the number of cases being reduced drastically. But uh, these people will all be in a bubble anyway. So if anyone gets infected, it'll be within all of them. And hopefully that won't happen. Uh, the latest on the NBA and much more. But first, a warning that uh, my cat Otis might hijack this podcast. Just letting you know that the sound you may hear in the background uh, is a cat growling. Uh, guttural sounds, wanting to go, desperately wanting to go outside, but he's not ready to go out yet. Well, give us a bit of a, Heb uh, I was going to say an Otis Hebsher, uh update. Like how, how, how was the first week I'm with just, the cat? Well, it's interesting that, you know, we're both trying to adjust to each other's schedule. So for example, at four in the morning, he wants to play with his mouse, which oh. is noisy. Right. The other thing is, is that the cat believes that I think this cat can jump. It's amazing. I, I can't, I've got a windowsill over here. That's about, I'm going to say almost six feet high. And uh, just from a, from a standing jump, you know, he doesn't need anything right from the floor. He can jump up there. <clears throat> the problem is there's no windowsill there. He thinks there's a windowsill. He thinks he's jumping up to a place, but right. there's no windowsill. So he just falls back down. Wow. So it's, uh, but it's, he's great. He's a very uh, lovable cat, uh, likes sports, which is good. Um, we're trying to get him, we're trying to get him on my schedule, but what he really wants is to go outside and just explore. He's a curious cat. Does he know his father, uh, yourself, is uh, recording live? No. Uh, no, you ha he hasn't caught on yet. Okay. He hears me talking and he wants to, he's very talkative as well. Right. That's the other thing. We can mm -hmm. talk to each other. 
Put him on a microphone. We'll talk talk him up. He's just he's, can you hear can you hear him in the background? Oh yeah, I can hear him, but you know, I got the headset on. I'm listening very, you know, close. Eventually he'll be quiet. Eventually he'll just hopefully it or you'll hear a ambience. crashing sound in the background, which means he's <laughs> taking down the Venetian blinds. Just don't let him unplug That's your computer. Thing. I have Venetian blinds here. You know what a rattling sound that makes when a cat oh, yeah. tries to, you know, grab onto Venetian blinds? Can Otis access the uh the internet router, the Wi-Fi router? Oh, geez, it's over here. He probably could if he wanted to and just really hijack the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm gonna, we're going to try to ignore him. Pretend it's like a crying baby. Eventually, <laughs> the kid will stop crying. Right. Um, okay, so the article is called The Wrong Side of the Fence. The artwork features a black hand and a white hand together, making the heart symbol for love. And this is the way the article starts. Quote, this land used to belong to John Ware. They called him N-I-G-G-E-R. So the word is spelled out in the article, right. blank John. But the times being what they are, we can't use that word anymore, end quote. And then the narrator takes over, and this is Sherry Ford's essay. Those were the exact words that came out of my father's mouth as he proudly parked his truck at the edge of the coulee of his newly purchased ranch in southern Alberta. These jarring words were among the first spoken by my father, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> to my future husband, Dwayne Ford. Yes, that Dwayne Ford, 12-year CFL veteran, national television commentator, owner of two university degrees, son of a high school principal, and a black man. <clears throat> so that's the opening paragraph of Sherry Ford's essay on what it was like growing up with a racist father and what it's like now as the white mother of two black children in this era of Black Lives Matter. <clears throat> Mike, this was a poignant story. This was 20 years in the making. She had wanted to write something. And finally, <clears throat> excuse me, she put pen to paper um, and really poured her heart out into this story. And I um, and many others who read the story were um, impressed by her uh, honesty, her openness, just the raw emotion that came out of this particular story. However, there were some people that did not like the story at all and felt that uh, after she posted it on the 8th of June, uh, and by the way, the link is on her Twitter feed, um, some people were, uh, were, were not supportive, and in fact, were the opposite. Uh, Kayla Gray, a black anchor at TSN, wrote this rebuttal after reading Sherry Ford's article. No matter what the context, white people, I need you to know that using the N-word is still not okay. And then she goes on to say in the thread, it's a four tweet thread. I don't care what type of point you're trying to drive home. If you wouldn't retell a story using it to a black person's face, you know where I'm going with this. Do not write it. Do not say it. It's incredibly violent and can be triggering. So no, I will not be sharing Sherry Ford's article. So right. Mike, so far, hearing this or knowing this in the timeline, what's your original um, perception of it. A woman okay. posts something, there's something that's offensive to some, not to other. But so, she's quoting her father right. in now, the story and making a point of this is when she heard it and how she grew up with it. And, you know, if you read the article, you'll see that she lays it all out on the table. And as the mother of black children and married to a black man, uh, she has felt, you know, through her children, for sure, and through her husband and to a lesser extent herself, as a white woman, what it's like. 
So firstly, I read the Sherry Ford uh, article. Uh, well, as soon as I became aware it existed, I read the thing completely, and I thought it was very courageous, and I thought it was very uh, uh, very thoughtful and, and, and important, and I thought it was great. Now, I, of course, I'm speaking, I, I read it, and I, I, I thought it was uh, something that was clearly very difficult for Sherry to write and share. And again, courageous, I guess, is the best word for it, that she shared that. But then, of course, I'm, uh, you know... Kayla Gray, I follow her on Twitter. And then when she pointed out, so, so again, Kayla Gray is a black woman who is uh, triggered and other other uh, people of color, of course, could be uh, triggered by seeing the N-word completely spelled out. Like like you said, it was, it, was, it was spelled out, the whole word. So then when I saw that perspective, I, w- I understood completely that Kayla's making a great point and she's well within her right to feel that way. And then I, then I had a moment, of course, which is a hindsight 2020 moment where I, I just wish Sherry Ford had told the exact same story, but maybe the N and then maybe a uh, stars for the rest of the, uh, you know, which, which that's how the article reads now. It's right. been changed. <clears throat> right. But, right. but hang on a second, but Go she's, qu- um, okay. But she's quoting her father and in order to in print, like, no, you would never say that, out loud, I get this. You would never, if you were retelling the story to white or a black person or anyone for that matter, you to be able to say the word. Like I've never said the word before. But would you uh, write I shouldn't the say word? That. Would you? I write have the- sung along. I have sung along with songs where I know that word is part of the lyric, right? But when you're alone, uh, yeah, <laughs> like your windows aren't <clears throat> right? down, and you're or if I'm yeah. with my son and we're listening to Anderson Pack. And he lays a couple of F-bombs down, uh, or N-bombs down. As right. he's singing the song, you're singing along. You, you, you know, you don't consciously sing along and then stop when that word comes. I've, right? I, 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 hear, I hear what you're saying totally about but anyway, context. But, anyway, but what yeah, I'm saying I hear you. Yes, yeah. okay, so but, we've, all, we've all likely uttered the word in our minds, but not, you know, verbalized. Okay. So in but, this particular case here, she wrote down the word that her father had said, quoting her father, and what effect that word had. Right. So I think to see it in print is jarring, but it's not Sherry Ford saying the word. It's Sherry Ford quoting, uh, quoting her father. This is where it gets, this is where it gets tricky because I context, I always said context is everything, but I realize now that's not entirely true. In some regards, it doesn't matter why you're sharing the word. Like you can't write that word. So I do again, I just wish she had always published this article with the N and then the stars for the rest of the letters because I think it would pack the same punch and it would no, be. I wouldn't. The... Okay, yeah, go ahead then, because. Uh... No, I just don't think it would. I don't think it would. But look I where we're at now. For now you we to have see it and then figure it out. Oh, that's a bad word or whatever. <clears throat> I think to see the word printed. Okay, and look, you could. There's, there's tons of books out there. Tons of books. Huckleberry Finn. Where you can read the where the word is there because it's being used as a quote from someone or wh- whatever the case may be. The word does exist. It's a terrible right. word. Right. Right. But it right. still exists. And and if you if you sanitize it by putting stars down instead, okay, maybe the message isn't as clear as to how shocking and how horrible that word is. And so Sherry was making a point. She used it twice. Right. And this is the issue that Kayla Gray had. Now, had Sherry Ford been a woman of color, this wouldn't be an issue. Correct. Am I right? You are absolutely correct. Okay. Um, anyway, so 
Uh, and also, I, I I wasn't crazy. Well, not about a woman the fact of color. I think she has to be a black woman. Like I, I you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She can't be. Yeah, that's right. She can't she has be, to be a, like my wife. To, uh, yeah, my wife can't drop that She can't word. be a woman whose children are black. That's not good enough. Right. She can't be a woman who's married to a black man. So she has empathy. Right. Real empathy. Right. She, in this case, would have to be a woman of color well, for her to have personally a black woman suffered. Yes, the same. Um, discrimination right but i get that um so anyway and also i i didn't think there was any need for her like to say that she disagrees is one thing to call out sherry ford on twitter is one thing i mean she could have called in advance to Dwayne ford who's a teammate by the way also works for tsn and right. said listen i got a bit of a problem you and i should have a discussion but instead she kind of went after her and took this and took the sting away from the 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 heartfelt article that sherry had written right. um but she didn't need to say and no, I will not be sharing Sherry Ford's article. You know, you didn't need to add that. Because I think what that did was that allowed Kayla's followers to go, hey, you know, we're not going to stand for stuff like this. I mean, she could have just let it be. She could have, you know, but but to add that, no one asked her. No one said, will you be sharing Sherry Ford's article? Oh, I was going to ask kinda... you, had people been pestering her? Like, why haven't you shared it yet? Like, why aren't you sharing your... No, okay. no, I didn't find that in all the thread. I, I did the timeline and everything of it. And no, she, she, she was upset. She basically said, Hey, white people, which listen, if any white person were to tweet, Hey, black people, I mean, you just can't do that. That's just as wrong. You don't have to say that in this particular case, it was one particular white person that she disagreed with the article and what was written in it. Fine. Address that particular person, but don't say, Hey, white people. Like I think people know by this point, that it's a horrible word and shouldn't be used. And anyway, so she called her up. But anyway, anyway, so a couple of days later, upon seeing this, a fellow by the name of Tim McClure, who I happen to know personally, oh. and I can assure you is not a racist, jumped in to defend Sherry and Dwayne Ford and their family. He knows the family. He's met them before. And he felt bad that they were being attacked after this raw, you know, emotional article that Sherry Ford had written. And so Tim McClure basically called out Kayla Gray with an open letter to TSN, Bell Media, uh, TSN uh, Public Relations, Randy Lennox, who's the president of Bell Media. And he tagged all of them with this tweet. Quote, earlier this week, Sherry Ford shared a very open, raw, real account of what she and her family have experienced involving racism in Canada. It was met with open arms from professional athletes, coaches, sports broadcasters, sports journalists from all cultural ethnic backgrounds. Heartfelt comments were sent from many people to Sherry, including Dan O'Toole, Farhan Lalji, Milt Stiegel, Cassie Campbell, Jennifer Hedger, Gino Retta, David Amber, Sarah Orleski, Ian Mendez, and others. Every person was so supportive of Sherry's story. Everyone except one of your TSN sports anchors, Kayla Gray, who made a choice. Many people thought it was wrong. It seemed hurtful, condescending, lacked empathy, and appeared to completely miss the point. Rather than stand down and allow this very important message to be absorbed, she decided not to. A missed opportunity. Instead of offering support to Sherry Ford and her family, she did the opposite. Uh, and then he went on to request that... Uh, that uh, Kayla make a sincere apology to Sherry and Dwayne Ford and their family. And Mike, that's when the shit hit the fan. That's when the third party, Tim McClure jumped in and now things started to swell. Cause now it looked like it was an attack on Kayla gray. Sure. Which it was right. right? 
but but well, what, right? Well, it was an attack after an attack, but you're right. It was an attack and he, right. he didn't need to tag everybody. He could have just, you know, say, hey, Kayla, maybe you should, you know, uh, maybe you should uh, want to reconsider what you had said to Sherry and Dwayne Ford. Imagine how horrible they must feel that uh, you're not only are you not supporting them, but you're saying that you won't share their story, et cetera, et cetera. So Kayla went back at Tim McClure on Twitter with this quote. So Tim, in my public apology that you are calling for, how would you like it to go? I'm sorry to that as a black woman, I pointed out that you writing the N word twice in your piece may be triggering or offensive. That work? Right. And now Kayla has a lot of followers and they jumped the board to support her and start, and they started to blast Tim McClure. Many called him a racist, some actually uttered death threats to Tim and his family. Wow. So, so, so from someone disagreeing with something to now um, some of her more militant, can I say followers? Yep. Militant followers. Not just suggesting that Tim, you know, might've gotten it wrong or he was out of line, but that he is a racist for sure. And we're going to kill you. Whoa. I didn't know. About That's that. pretty serious. I have to tell you something about Tim McClure. Also, this guy is a stage four cancer survivor. He's a, a, an outstanding motivational speaker. He's gone through a tremendous amount and is still going through it. He's in an, into another round of treatment. And, and uh, like I say, I know the guy. I mean, you know, we're not best friends far from it, but I know the guy and I know his character. And he, the last thing he is, is a racist. But I think what he wanted to do was he wanted to come to the rescue of Sherry Ford and Dwayne Ford, because all Sherry Ford had done after Kayla's tweet was she sort of tweeted back saying, hey, this was done out of love. Kayla, this wasn't like this was done. This story was written out of love. That's the only response she made back to Kayla. Dwayne Ford eventually um, came through with, uh, you know, really what I thought was just a tremendous thread where he says things like this exchange uh, has served as a reminder that even among black people, opinions about the use of this word vary. I believe strongly in accountability, and as such, I take responsibility for the use of the word and apologize to those who were offended by it, including Kayla Gray. You see, when Sherry Ford went to write the article, she went to her husband, Dwayne, and said, is this okay? Am I okay doing this, writing this word down in its entirety, in print? And he said, yes. So he's accepting the blame. He was the one who threw his wife under the bus, I guess, that, that, why all this is going on. Um, and, and so, and he did. He was the one. He could have said, maybe you shouldn't do that, Sherry. But as a black man, he said, no, no, no. You put that word down. So he goes on to say in another thread, to me, it seemed obvious that readers would recognize that Sherry's black husband played a role in editing the article and that this was not a case of a white woman using the word without considering its potential impact. He goes on to say, clearly not everyone reading the article knows us or our backgrounds making me wrong in that assumption. And for that, I apologize to Sherry Ford for the heat that she has taken following my advice. I know that Sherry Ford's original goal in sharing her past was to make people, especially those in this country who have never felt the sting of racism and are thus oblivious to it, recognize that the problem is very real in Canada, not just the U.S. I feel that this right needs white voices. This fight, rather, needs white voices. I only go to church for weddings and funerals, but I'm smart enough to know that you can't grow the congregation by preaching only to the choir. 
Nelson Mandela once said, if you talk to a man in a language he understands, that goes to his head. If you talk to him in his language, that goes to his heart. My point is that we have people of different races, religions, genders, sexual preferences, ages, etc., who all want the same thing, empowerment of minorities and marginalized groups and equality for all Canadians. But we don't take the time or make the effort to try to understand each other's languages, in quotes. Please don't let this argument be in vain. If someone has a different perspective than yours, try to understand it before you get offended by it. Similarly, if someone else doesn't understand your perspective, try to explain it in a different way before you assume the worst about them. This is so good by Dwayne Ford. This should neither be a black versus white issue nor a minorities versus majority issue. There should be no verses at all. This is a we issue. I feel very confident that everyone who weighed in on this conversation did so because they genuinely care about creating a better, more cohesive, more inclusive Canada for everyone. Thank you to all who have taught me something tonight. I appreciate your constructive input. And to Sherry Ford and Kayla Gray, keep up the good work and remember that you two strong ladies are more alike than you think. How's that? No, that was great, but I... May I ask you a couple of questions about Tim? Because I don't know Tim from uh, from sure. Adam, but okay. Yep. So the way I see it, okay. I uh, Kayla, black woman, is well well within her right to be uh, offended by Sherry writing the N word, right? Because this is in her name, so you read it in her voice, and then uh, having the full word there. If that triggers uh, Kayla as a black woman, uh, well, that's that's that. And she should have then she should have uh, addressed Sherry. Okay, not well, that, okay, that aside, but so the on. fact that she was uh, uh, offended and not sharing it because the N-word was in there, I actually, I get that. Like, that's, yep. that's well and right. Of course, she's offended. So, so that happens. She's so, offended and she didn't like it. The way I look at it, like, as a, you know, I, I did observe this kind of closely because, you know, this is the kind of thing that we talk about on those monthly recaps with Mark Wiseblood on my podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of watching it almost like a reporter almost. And uh, the, I see the, the big disturbance in the force, what basically stirs this pot and makes it this, this mess when everybody had such good intentions and became a mess is uh, your buddy Tim there. Like I see that tweet. Imagine, imagine you, uh, be- and by the way, that's yeah. a nine thread tweet that Tim wrote. He wanted a, an apology. He tagged all the TSN people he really did call Kayla out. It was really disturbing to me uh, that that somebody would be tagging the bosses. Okay, so you imagine I I screw up at work and somebody sends an email to me to tell me about what well, they don't like it, but they CC you know the president, the CEO, my boss, and all these people, mm-hmm. right? Like like to me, if t- to that, and I don't know, I'm I'm sorry to hear he has some health struggles. I that's I'm sorry to hear that, mm-hmm. but uh, Tim stirring the pot there really is the what i see blew this up into this shit storm of a story because kayla's well within her right as a black woman sherry ford spilled her heart into a uh, uh, uh an article that i think was important and courageous so there's a lot of people with good intentions and it all kind of can coexist until tim comes and makes it a story and at that point now you need you know bell's got to get it bell had to bell media had to issue two uh, statements about this. It became such a thing. And it's really Tim. Tim Tim. Yeah. that's the disturber there. And I don't think his tweet makes... I don't know why he sent it. I know he might have good intentions, but to me it was well, completely tone deaf. no, he sent it deaf. because he was, he, was, uh, he was supporting Dwayne and Sherry Ford and their family. Well, and, he felt, and he felt that, uh, as he explained, that what Kayla wrote was uh, very harmful to that family. If that, I may, that, if I may, that though. That wouldn't be part of the healing process. That would, that would essentially, uh, you know, make it even more difficult for Sherry Ford and Dwayne Ford and their family 
uh, going forward. So who the you know, hell he's, is he's who the hell is Tim to tell Kayla though how she should feel about Dan Wade? Was in the same situation, right? Let's say Sherry and Dwayne Ford. Well, let's say they were your neighbors. They were good friends. You knew their sure. kids. You know the background. Sure. You might well, you know, support them the same way. I don't know. Oh no, I can tell you, might you be no. So upset that because <laughs> because of the backlash that they were getting, because essentially you're being called a racist by someone if you included this word in your article. I think she said that it's triggering to it can be triggering to black yes, people but, to see a white woman use did, the N word. But she also mentioned, hey, white people. Now, Mike, is that somewhat intimidating? Could that be considered um, somewhat of a verbal assault, an intimidation? Hey, white people. No, please. Come on. Hebsy, you come don't on. think so? No, let's let's. How about uh, this, Mike? How about this? Here. A white person tweets, hey, black folks. Different. Why? Not intimidating? Well, I would say this way, Hebsy. I, I put it Not intimidating? Way. Can you have a uh, heterosexual pride parade? No, okay. no, no, this is different, Mike. This is different. <laughs> words, words can hurt. We got that. Hey, white people, when you're referring to one person only, and that's Sherry Ford for an article that she wrote. Why, why, why all white people? We know. Well, we're, white why people not are just not, enough, are not a historically Ford? oppressed group, right? We're historically white people. Are if I've got oppressors. a problem with a black person, am I going to say, hey, black people, all of you? No. Come on, Mike. I hope not, Hebsey, but it's not the I same thing. Not. It's I, not I the same never, thing. It'd be I like this. never take an entire race because I had an issue with one person of that race. I know. Kayla, is, she has a style on Twitter that's a, a mildly snarky, which I can relate to because I, I can be snarky too. But I think what she's trying to say there is, white people, it's never okay to use this word. You can't say it and you can't use it in print. Uh, don't got use it. this we word. We got that. We got that. Okay. So, got that. so tact aside, uh, you, I don't think Tim should be telling a black woman how she should feel about a white woman using the N-word. Yeah, you know, regardless I, again, I think, of context. I think Tim was basically saying, listen, these people deserve an apology, and Kayla, you need to apologize. But he did it in such a manner that it just... But who know, does that, Hebsey? Who, who, who CCs every, everyone under the sun uh, to tell Kayla right. she should apologize to... Right. Uh, yeah, listen, both parties in this case should have, individually, should have individually gone to the other one. Kayla should have contacted Sherry or Dwayne Ford, said, listen, I really, that was wrong, and I got a beef with that, let's talk about it. But she went public. And right. Tim should have contacted Kayla Gray or, or TSN, you know, quietly and said, right. listen, I have a problem with one of your teammates, one of your TSN anchors, um, you know, dissing, you know, one of her teammates, at T um, part of the TSN family, that kind of a thing. Do you but think Tim was looking it for- It didn't uh, turn out that way, <laughs> did it? Do you think Tim was looking for attention maybe? No, no. I think Tim honestly wanted to support Dwayne and Sherry Ford, because he didn't believe that Sherry and Dwayne Ford would come back at Kayla going, hey, you can't talk to us that way. And you've heard our family. And why, why can't we do these things? That just wasn't their style. So Tim kind of took up the, 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 the fight, I guess, and, uh, and lost. Eek, yeah, he got, uh, he got pummeled, I think, in that uh, fight. Yeah. But, but here's another thing, okay? Because I went through Tim's thread. Go ahead, Here's some of the things that Kayla Gray's followers, that's the only way I can put it, Mike. Well, well, they're technically followers, right? If you follow, you, no, they no, follow they're not her technically they're followers. These are people that follow Kayla Gray. Sure, right? But do you follow? Like, and a lot and, of and us Kayla do. might might want to look at some of these and go to her followers. Please don't write these things. So here's some of the things that they wrote about Tim. Too bad cancer didn't finish you off the first time. <laughs> How about this one? I hope that your kids grow up to hate you. Wow. And finally, the third one. And, and I actually, you know, we, uh, we I, this is uttering death threats. 
Die. Just die, you racist, white supremacist pig. Oh, I know. We can't play this game, Hebsy. We could do it all night. There are always, I even you and I, these people that people generally like, I think, in, on Twitter, that we get people who say horrible things now and then, and I block them and forget about them. But right. you, there are some idiots on Twitter, and uh, I think we have to, like, they're almost like outliers. we got to push right. those now, aside. What I saw after that was people saying to Tim McClure, hey, Tim, if you want to have this discussion, why did you... Why did you close off all comments? Well, that's the reason he closed off comments. He didn't want to hear any more death threats. I, I wish Tim did not send those tweets. Uh... Right. But it's been, done. <laughs> it's been done. And here's what it did also. It also allowed the, the very next day. Right. Planned or otherwise. Hal Johnson from Body Break made a statement. He went on camera. He was on for about it was about a four minute statement. Well, it was good, telling yeah. the story of how in 1988 he. Um, was told to apply for and was going to get a job and had been offered the job uh, on sports desk at TSN as a reporter. Uh, and then about three hours later, he, the same person that hired him said, look, we can't do it. Uh, Mark Jones is already working here and we have our, we have our quota of blacks. Something to that effect. Right. And he told the story. And of course, you know, uh, in light of what's going on in the world today and Black Lives Matter and all of this, TSN again, had a firestorm here. Now, the, in the Kayla Gray situation, they had released a statement saying uh, all TSN personalities are allowed to say what they want, regardless of race, color, creed, religion, sexual orientation. But they didn't mention Kayla Gray's name in that that first um, TSN press release. Right. And so her supporters were saying, hey, why don't you know this is Kayla Gray? And they were right. If you're going to mention it, it referred to the to, to this situation and, and mention Kayla Gray by name and say that, that, that she's allowed to say what she wants and you know, with, you know, she has the right to free speech, but they didn't. And the supporters got all over TSN. And then eventually TSN made a statement saying, you know, and referring to Kayla Gray that this, you know, uh, um, uh, should not happen and they should be allowed. She should be able allowed to say whatever she wants. And we support her in, 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 in these, you know, in, with these comments. And then the next day, TSN has to write an apology to Hal Johnson for 32 years of, uh, you know, racial prejudice or whatever, when he tells us, reveals the story that they wouldn't want him, didn't want him in the first place. And then when he finally got the body break show um, approved by uh, participation and participation went to TSN, TSN still said, oh, can we get someone besides Hal Johnson? We can't have, you know, a black guy and a white woman doing a show in 1988. The Canadian public won't stand for it. This type of thing. Right. So what a week for TSNPR. And I'm wondering, and I don't, I, I'm pretty sure that, that uh, the studios are still quiet. People are still doing all the shows from their basement studios or whatever. But imagine going, working there, being one of the personalities I had mentioned before. And in one breath, you're saying, hey, good for you, Sherry Ford and Dwayne Ford. That's a great story. And I'm glad that you shared that. And it's important because we want to educate people. We want people to listen to other stories, to all stories, how, how they grew up what prejudice was to them, how much ignorance there was in the family and where they learned and when they learned that this word was improper, that, that you need to be more um, uh, considerate of other others and have respect for other people. All of that, right? I mean, in 1984, when TSN began, there was no such thing as political correctness. Nobody had the guts to call out someone for not hiring them because of their race, color, creed, religion, stuff like that. You didn't say stuff like that because uh, you were going to get fired and, 
you know, I, I guess at the time, you know, there, nobody was prepared to go to the Human Rights Tribunal or whatever the case was. But I, but I, I have a TSN story. Can you hear the cat in the background? Yeah, of course. But it adds nice ambiance uh, to your situation oh, it's there. It's a, it's a COVID thing, so it's okay. But right. I, I want to hear your uh, thoughts. Uh, but I just also just want to point out that it's it's worth mentioning that at the time of this Hal Johnson uh, racist incident at uh, TSN, it's just worth mentioning that uh, TSN was not owned by uh, Bell. It was owned by uh, Labatt, right. I believe, at the time. But That's correct. somebody That's did correct. point out in the Twitter thread the reply. But still, it doesn't, but, but really, the bottom line is this, is that no matter who it was owned by, management still uh, you know, made the decisions, whether, whether, whether the corporate, their corporate bosses were Bell or Labatt or right, whatever right, the case right, was, right. it's still on the people. It's still on the executives, the and people who were making quick note, maybe for another episode, but somebody took a screen, they have a TSN, all the on-air personalities are there in this montage. Mm-hmm. And this person quickly did some math and realized that only 90% of the faces are white, like for what that's worth. And then I, I had an interesting discussion with my wife. This is for another time, maybe about what, uh, like, like if, if 90% of the faces are white, but let's say 30, 35 or 30% of the country, I mean, so yeah, if 35% of the country is not white, like, what does that say? Cause we, we often talk about diversity in sports media, but this is kind of a bigger topic, but I want to hear your story at, uh, I want to hear your personal, uh, story here. Okay. So here's my story. 1984 is when TSN began. Uh, I was already at global doing sports night. I'd been there for a few months. TSN was run mostly by ex CBC people, <clears throat> many of whom had done business with Labatt's, which is the owner of TSN, right? So they were used, they, they knew about, uh, you know, uh, breweries and television rights and uh, stuff like that. It was a very male dominated company. TSN was a macho masculine network known for, <clears throat> excuse me, delivering the, <clears throat> sorry, delivering the mail. That's M-A-L-E. Oh. That was their kind of, you know, corporate tagline. We, we're going to deliver the mail, as in male of the species. of the programming on TSN featured male sports. So there was sexism, there was anti-Semitism, there was racism. And they had had their quotas among on-air people, Mike. If you go back to the early days of TSN, Michael Landsberg was the token Jew. Terry Liable was the token female until she went back to uh, CBC uh, a couple of years later. There were no persons of color on the air. TSN had no women on the air after Terry Leibel uh, until they hired Diana McDonald in 1988 to anchor Sports Desk. And then they abruptly fired her, saying she wasn't right for the network. So yeah, call it whatever. Masculine privilege dominated TSN from the get-go. Now, Mark Jones, who's a very successful, very popular uh, sportscaster on ESPN and has been for years, Mark Jones had just graduated from York University and had never worked in broadcasting. And he became the network's first black anchor. But he, like McDonald, was unqualified for the job. And likely, um, Mike, I think he took the job from someone who was more qualified, but likely white, if you know what I mean. Uh, And so when Mark Jones first began in broadcasting, he kind of had to learn, like on the go, on a national sports television network. He wasn't polished enough But obviously someone said, look, we got to have our tokens. And whether you want to believe that to be the case or not, that's the way it was at TSN. Very, very white, very wasp. And anyone who complained, I I never heard the complaint. I don't know if they went to, you know, management or, um, geez, did, did, did companies even have human resources departments in 1984? I don't know. 
But um, these are two people, a woman and a black person who were given jobs and they weren't qualified for them, but the network felt that they had to put someone there. And so this started, you know, listen, the person who gets the job should be the best qualified person for the job. But Mike, we don't know. We don't know how many blacks applied for jobs as on-air sportscasters at TSN. We don't know how many women applied for jobs at TSN, what their experience were, what the situation was. We're unaware, okay? And I doubt very seriously that they're going to tell us. And so um, the first black person we saw on the air on TSN was not John Saunders, who was an excellent sportscaster. I don't even know if they tried to hire him at the time. I don't know. But it was Mark Jones, who was unpolished. And now, of course, many years as a, a sportscaster, is very good. But at the time, he, he was not. And same with Diana McDonald. And, and so this is what was going on there. And now this week, you know, uh, and Hal Johnson mentioned it, <clears throat> that he couldn't get the job at TSN in 1988 because Mark Jones was there and he was black and he was, according to TSN, the only black that they were going to put on the air. The token, as you called it earlier. <clears throat> That's right. That's exactly right. It was. Um, and so Johnson told his story earlier this week. And then TSN had to make a public apology that was like 32 years too late. And as you say, it was a different ownership at the time. But still, they had to own the fact that <clears throat> this is something that for 32 years, Hal Johnson's been thinking about, has been concerned about, but never said anything about. And now his timing was perfect. This was a great opportunity to tell his story as to the sting that he felt 32 years ago when instead of backing him, TSN basically said, mm -mm, we can't have you. You're a black guy. We've already got a black guy and we certainly can't have you, you know, appearing on air with a white woman. Right. Who happened to be his there, wife, King who happened to be done. his, his wife of all things. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so. <laughs> I say Mike Otis up. Just get him in here. Get Mike him up. I have to put him in the other room. Hang on one second. Okay? That's okay. That is okay. Uh, absolutely. We're going to hear Hebsey's going to share a, a personal. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be uh, him experiencing some anti Semitism. I'm very interested to hear this. I've never heard yeah, this story. Yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. Uh, where was I with my story? Okay. Um, I was given the runaround uh, around that time, late 80s, I'm, I think around 88. But anyway, uh, I was told by someone at TSN management that they were interested in hiring me um, to anchor sports desk and do some other events and stuff like that in the late 80s. So I would have been at Sportsline four or five years at the time. And the show was going well and uh, it was fairly popular, I guess. Uh, now, right around that time, and I mentioned <clears throat> they had one black and one Jew, one woman. Right. Now, the job never came to pass. I never got it. I never got a call back. I was told years later by a person with knowledge of the situation that they were told not to hire me in no uncertain terms. Do not hire Hebsher. One of the big decision makers was a known anti-Semite, racist, and did not want another Jew on the air. And I get the feeling that the same person would have said, he would have been the one to have said, we don't want another black on the air at around the same time to Hal Johnson. I think I'm safe in saying with my timeline that it was the same person that rejected Hal Johnson, said nope, and rejected me as well. Are you going to name this person? No, this person's passed away. Okay. Okay. So if you go back to 1984, you can count on one hand the number of blacks and Jews who were hired for on-air roles at TSN. You got Michael Landsberg, you got Mark Jones, 
You've got Jermaine Franklin. You've got Dan Shulman, who was hired by them years ago. You've got David Amber, who's not there anymore either. And that's it. I'm not including the studio shows with former athletes, although Jock Climey and Milt Stiegel, Sherm Hamilton, Sam Mitchell, they're all very good broadcast, but they're, uh, they're uh, you know, uh, Lauren Rubenstein, Michael Farber, uh, Steve Simmons, three Jewish guys, but I don't consider them to be regular uh, anchor reporters in electronic media. Not at the time. They were basically print journalists masquerading as TV types. The other guys were former athletes who were perfect as analysts, um, you know, on the football broadcast or basketball. But I'm talking about anchor reporters, journalists. Right. Very, very few. And even if you look now, like you say, I believe there are, I think, I'm just trying to think here, nine female anchors at TSN, one female reporter, Sarah Orleski, if I'm not mistaken, and nine anchors. Remember, it was only uh, about a year ago we talked about how Kayla was the first woman of color to uh, anchor a sports center uh, at TSN. Ever. Like a year right, ago. But how many, but, but out of how many? Well, that's, the, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Know, that's, All that's those years, they it. never had a, <laughs> a black female and, and very few uh, black males on the desk. Like I, like I said. Right. Uh, and when it comes to women, I mean, you tell me, name me five women that were on the air with any regularity on TSN in the uh, late eighties, early to mid nineties. All ahead. I can think I'm of is Teresa Hergert is only one. name. That's I know. That's one. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And, Tr- and uh, Teresa Lisa Cruz, Bose was a good reporter for many years also. Right. I don't know if she did work on the desk, but those were pretty much the only two that I can think of for a long period of time that whose faces were shown on TSN. You're right, Hebsey. You're right. And so in my case, did I go back? You know, I, I wanted to know, why was I not hired by TSN? Was it because I wasn't good enough? Because I could accept that. Mm-hmm. You're not right. good enough. You're right. not as good as Jim Van Horn. You're not as good as... Uh, Rod Smith. You're not as good as Vic Router. You're not as good as Michael Landsberg. You're not as good as Brendan Connor. You're not as good as John Wells. You're not as good as any Peter Watts. You're not as good. I could accept that. Okay. I'm good enough for global sports. I'm not good enough for a national network. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm too uh, aggressive. I, I, you know, my jokes aren't funny. Uh, I'm not politically correct. They don't uh, you know, like your no earring. Didn't like my earring, my attitude, whatever the case was. I never thought though, no, oh, he's a Jew. Not until later, you see. Why? Why? Why didn't I get the job? And then, you know, you, you kind of put two and two together. You talk to some people. What's it like there? Kind of a, well, it's very waspy. It's very CBC. It's very conservative. It's very, you know, I know that for a fact when I was doing stuff on Sportsline and we were goofing around, the guys at TSN hated us. Who are these guys making fun of sports? Right. You know, because their style was, you know, buttoned down conservative, right? Right. So that's my story there. So, so here's my question, Mike. Yes. Should TSN apologize to me like they did with Hal Johnson after he revealed his story about the time they wouldn't hire him because of his color? Like, should they? Should I say, hey, guys, your boss at the time, your decision maker was an anti-Semite. Do I get an apology too? No. I think you'd have to uh, make a... Uh make some noise about it. And then I bet you, you would. I mean, anti, so, anti-Semitism so, is as wrong as anti-black racism. Uh-huh. So should I enlighten Kayla Gray as to what happened 30 years ago? Maybe she can jump on my bandwagon and get TSN to apologize to me? I, I don't think uh, Kayla has anything to do with this one, but... Uh, I mean, if you're making it aware, if you're making aware that certain companies, certain individuals, certain people, and we already, like twice this week with TSN, like, are you backing these people? Or are you, are you, you know, are you, 
Are you taking responsibility? Are you owning this? You know, it, it just, I, mean, I don't know. Like I said, no, you were done wrong. If they would have, if they wouldn't have had uh, these uh, practice hiring practices of not hiring minorities, Jews, persons of color, females, <laughs> The females, I almost, I almost get that from a caveman perspective, in that they think uh, this is a sports network and sports Correct. are for very guys, macho sure. guys. Like the, so, the 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 uh, misogyny, I think, was was baked into this at the get go, and uh, yeah, they, yeah. They, so. But then, but 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 to hear the uh, the the racism and the uh, anti semitism. Uh, was always wrong. It's, it was as wrong then as it is now. And you've got to, you know, the first step, I think, in fixing it is to acknowledge you have a problem. It's almost like a, it's like AA. You need to acknowledge. Like, and, and if I, hearing you now, this story for the first time, if, if, if you were qualified for a gig, and of course you were qualified, I can tell you as a loyal Sportsline viewer, you were qualified. Uh, and maybe you were too cool for that station, TSN, actually. If maybe, that's, maybe they should have said, you're too cool, Hebsey. Right. But if you didn't get the gig because of your religion... That's, that's fucking disgusting. Like that is uh, wrong, and you would you should be apologized to. I'm right. sorry this so, happened to you, man. So so could the discussion have gone on in the boardroom back then of saying you know and somebody saying well I'm not going to hire that Jew. And, and 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 when that person uttered that word, and it likely was right. Could could that possibly be as offensive as the N word is to black people? Uh well, <laughs> first <laughs> could could I interpret that word? <clears throat> The way Kayla Gray interpreted the N word in print in Sherry Ford's article. Well, it, it's anti-Semitic. It's uh, like like with, it's with, hurtful. Yeah, it's it's intimidating. It's it's aggressive. It's verbal assault. It, you know what? What else do you want to add to prejudicial? Big time. Discriminatory. Yeah. Yep, all of the above. <laughs> So it's all of the above. Do you think there, there I have a question though, because it's a very interesting speaking to you who has experienced the anti-Semitism and then comparing it to uh, the anti-black racism that's uh, uh, been talked about the last few weeks. Uh, do you think the networks, uh, do they still have an anti-Semitic, systemic anti-Semitic practice? Do you think it's still more difficult for somebody who's Jewish versus some waspy guy? See, that's a really good question, Mike. I think today... I mean, I think in all honesty today, if I'm uh, in charge of hiring and I know that <clears throat> diversity is the most important thing, that, that our, the hiring practices have to reflect society. <clears throat> now, if you live <clears throat> in an area, let's say, that's 98% white, the likelihood is, is that it's going to be reflected in your local media or, or it's anywhere, right? 98%. Right. But I think if, like you say, if you look and see that, uh, what, uh, what, I don't know what the percentage is of, of non-whites. In I this looked country. this up, Hebsey, cause I had a big debate with my wife yesterday. Who's not, who's not a white person. And, and I looked mm -hmm. it up. The, uh, the 2016 census in Canada, 70% of Canadians were white uh, of European descent. Uh, this is a right. uh, 2016 census. So in Toronto, of course, if it's Toronto media, Half the city is not white, half of the city. But in Canada, 30% right. is not white. Okay. And so, look, you know, uh, it took this long for us to realize this. And now, and now, and now uh, people are under the gun where before they weren't, <clears throat> more so. Hey, let's make this reflective of our society. And I'm 100% for that. 100% for that. Oh my God, the cat's uh, knocking the place over here. Um, 
And so, you know, it's good that we're having these discussions. Um, and it's also good that there, uh, there are some arguments going on where, you know, um, you don't know what I've gone through. So you can't comment on those things. Um, I think we need a little more empathy and understanding. I think rather than say, you don't get it and you've got no right to do that, that some smaller discussions have to take place. Oh, but Hepsi, listen. Why did you write that? And did you not realize that that was hurtful? And if you did realize it, why, why did you do it? Why didn't you put stars down uh, instead of the actual word? That's a discussion that needed to take place right. you know, between those two people and then perhaps a, a larger discussion. But now, now I'm just to bring this full circle here be, before we move on. This was very, this was great real talk, by the way. And I think it was very courageous of you to share that story. Like I've never heard that story from you before. And I think that's, Listen, I, I, I never told the story before, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, that's exactly the way it happened. And, and, um, but you try to dismiss it after a while because people are going to have prejudices for different reasons. If I was 100% positive that the reason I wasn't hired there was because I was Jewish. Believe me, that would have been in courts years ago. Right. I would have gone to a lawyer and say, this is a discriminatory practices and it's against the law and, right. uh, you know, human rights issue and all that stuff. Uh, but I didn't. I had a, I still had a job. I wasn't that upset. Uh, and if I look back at it now, I'm not sure that even if I would have worked for TSN, it would have been, I would have had a better career or a different career, whatever the case was. But just thinking about it now, and especially when, the Hal Johnson thing came out. I didn't know about the Hal Johnson story. No one did. He right. told that story the first time in 32 years. Right. You don't think this has been eating at him for all those years? Right, right. No, absolutely. But now that- so, seen- that was, so that story must have been eating at me for the same number of years because as soon as Hal mentioned, I went, hey, yeah. that's the same guy. I guarantee you it's the same people, the same management people that went, at least one, at least one of them said, nope, we're not hiring that guy because wow. he's not one of us. So right, he, right. No, Hebsey, but you share that story from uh, you are you're a Jewish man sharing that story of the anti-Semitism you experienced at uh, TSN. Now, how would you like it if a Tim McClure, who I'm, I'm guessing from the last name is not Jewish because I don't know many McClures. That are no, Jewish, he's, but, not, he's yeah, not. OK, so if he chimes in now and somehow uh, has an opinion telling you how you should be feeling or how you should be ex- expressing your thoughts on this, you, a Jewish man, ex- talking about anti-Semitism and him not, not of the Jewish faith. Uh, you can see how inappropriate and tone deaf that would be from t- from Tim. Well, let me put it this way. If I would have written an article, right? And in the article, I had written dirty Jew. That's okay. You're Jewish. Oh, dirty Jew. Here's the thing. And I know this is, we don't have time for this because there is no equivalent to the N word. I've noticed like that's the only word you, you under no circumstances can you wait say. Wait a second. Do yeah. we really need to come up with equivalents and all that? But I know there's do a key to no, but there is a always, word. You're always going to get some someone yeah. that's more offended than someone else. That's always going to happen, right? right? Someone the other day tweeted, Mike, when you use the expression oy vey, which is a Yiddish expression, right? I've used it. That when you say that if you're not Jewish and you say oy vey, that's the same as the N-word. Well, that's ridiculous. Now, that's ridiculous. <laughs> because I don't know of any Jew anywhere that would ever be offended by a non-Jew saying oy vey. Why would that be offensive? Uh, but again, just... this is one, but this is one person's opinion. But maybe there's others that feel that way. I also say men that, that That if you're not Italian, you cannot do an Italian accent. That if you're not black, you cannot say the word, right? So that's the top of the heap. Of course, that is horrible. Right. right. But again, I hear that word multiple times a day being said by black people. 
Yes, that's true. Multiple, multiple times. Yeah, me too. Yes. You watch any show like The Wire or anything that that takes place in, uh, you know, just, in, just in, listen in to a, rap music uh, and all the rap music. Like I listen. Oh, yeah. Want to tell you something? Yeah. Like I said, I, I I I was listening to Stevie Wonder Inner Visions, the album. Yeah. There's a song called Living for the City. Yes. It's like 1973, and in the song, a white man says to Stevie Wonder, "Get on the bus." Blanker. N word. Yeah. The N word. Says the word, 1973 or 74, on a record, says the word. Now, I don't believe, uh, geez, very few songs I remember anybody ever using the F word or the, or, or the S word. You couldn't do it. You couldn't get away with it. Right. I wonder if the censors were quick to say, hey, you can't use that word, or they just went, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and use it. He's got like Because in the song, in the context of the song, it's very powerful. He's talking about growing up a young black man going to the city of New York for the first time and getting off the bus and being treated like a piece of dirt because of the color of his skin. Right. It's a good story. It's a great song. Right. And it's one of the first times I realized what the plight of a black person was like in the United States. Stevie Wonder helped educate me. Started reading more. I read the book Black Like Me. I researched the law, you know, Martin Luther King. I was young, you know, when he was assassinated, but all that stuff. And so this is where it has to start. Someone has to tell you something where you're going, yeah, I got to read up on that. I got to, I got to educate myself or help educate other people. Right. Okay. Let's move on. If geez, we're, we're almost the whole show. Almost this done. should have been the whole show. I feel like we're uh, watering down that important real talk with uh, actual sports conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's anything more you want to chime in, let me know. I mean, you know, you can be part of a thread. We can talk about it, uh, you know, off the air and, and, and uh, continue the conversation. I wish you'd but, write uh, up. I wish you'd write up the story. Uh, I wish you'd write up the story about uh, anti-Semitism you experienced at TSN. Like put it in writing. Sometimes, uh, Anyway, I, or I'm, I'm just, just, if you're, if you're now that you're, now that, that you've gone public. I know people listening to this, that know people that might've worked at TSN back then are probably nodding their heads. Yeah. I think I know who he's talking about. Yeah. I might've had a run in with this particular guy or whatever, but I don't think I would have mentioned it had Hal Johnson not mentioned his plight right. and what he had gone through at around the same time that I thought, geez, you know, this could have taken place like on consecutive days. Right. Like on Monday, oh, we got Hal Johnson, the black guy. No, 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 no black guys. We already got a black guy, right? right? And then on Tuesday, Mark Hepshire, we already got a Jew, right? And then on Wednesday, oh, a female, oh, we already got a woman. Next. Amazing, amazing. Because something, uh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a white guy. I've never had to think about, am, am I, uh, you know, is there a quota filled already for me? Like, right. that's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Okay, so a lot of U.S. states are showing a rise in numbers of COVID-19. Uh, that's got to be a concern to professional leagues who are trying to return to play. In Florida, where the numbers are high, NBA players will wear a smart ring at Disney World. The Aura Smart Ring, which you wear on your finger, is capable of predicting COVID-19 symptoms up to three days in advance with 90% accuracy. The ring can measure body temperature, respiratory functions, and heart rate. How about that, Mike? That sounds like science fiction. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll tell you who it's good news for. It's good news for Patrick McCaw because he's going to be assured of getting four rings in four years. <laughs> Very good. Very good. 
NBA training camps begin in a few weeks. Major League Baseball, the Players Association offered a counter proposal yesterday to the league that includes a 70 game regular season and expanded playoffs in 2020 and 2021. And by the way, the designated hitter will be in effect for the National League uh, starting when they come back to baseball. That's it. The designated hitter after since 1973. Wow. The National League has not had the designated hitter. The pitchers are allowed to hit. <clears throat> and now finally, uh, both leagues in baseball are going to uh, have the same rules when it comes to the DH. Um, so baseball, uh, by the way, the, so the, so the owners want like, uh, the owners wanted like 60 games. The players want 70 games. It's going to be around 65, 66 games, something like that. Uh, the schedule would run from July 19th through to September 30th. Spring training, as it were, would start uh, around the 1st of July. And if the season is 65 to 70 games long, Mike, think about this. There's mm -hmm. a chance we might have a 400 hitter in baseball for the first time since 1941. No other records are going to be broken. Maybe slugging percentage or on base. But right. can you imagine a race to 400 last week of the season and a couple of guys are battling it out to hit 400? And, of course, everyone's saying, well, it's not really hitting 400. It's only 65 or 66 games or whatever it is. Yeah, but it'll still go into the record books. The right. batting champion in 2020 might be a 400 hitter. What do you, I guess I'm putting you on the spot here, but in 2019, uh, who had the batting title? What was the percentage? Do you remember? Oh, that's a good question. Was it Christian Yelich last I just, year? I can't remember. I just feel like it's been a long time since. Yeah, but the percentage wasn't high. I mean, maybe okay, so or something like that. Three, I have four. your notes in front of me so I can cheat a little bit, and I can okay. see here that Chipper Jones, it sounds like that's the last time somebody had a, a 400 uh, average yeah. at 66-point mark, game mark. That's right. So I did some research, and I figured, okay, if the season ends after 66 games, what are the chances? or how often has it happened? And I, I mean, of course, I didn't get, I don't think I got everybody, but I'm pretty sure I got most of in the last while, the most recent ones. Chipper Jones, yeah, was hitting 419 over the first 66 games in 2008. Andres Galarraga was hitting 434 after 66 games in 1993 with Colorado. Larry Walker in 1997 was hitting 412 at the 66 game mark. And Rod Carew in 1983 was hitting 410 after 66 games. What about Johnny O? Didn't he, he must have been uh, up there. Uh, he was up there. He was hitting in the 390s. Oh, yeah. 390s. Okay. Yeah. But that, and there that, were a bunch of guys in the 390s after sure. 60s. A whole but, bunch of guys. You know, you can go back at Stan Musial. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure I think Nomar Garcia Parra and Todd Helton both had a great year in Suzuki, 2000. Did he? Joe about, Maurer in 2009. Right, but now, very hot, but no, but not over four hundred. Not over four hundred, but there that Chipper Jones. So that's that's the last yeah. time somebody would have been yeah. able to do that, and that was twelve years ago. So it, it's uh, it'll be interesting if anybody it's can possible. with it. It's possible, absolutely, absolutely yeah. possible. Sixty six games, absolutely. Who knows? Um, I guess we're gonna have to put probably like two asterisks next to those records. I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work, but you know as well as I do that right. that, that that if someone hits four hundred, it's gonna be <clears throat> um, le less. Um, less of a record than if you won the World it Series. It won't get the respect. Yeah, if you win the World Series, you won't get as much respect as other World Series winners, although everyone was in the same boat. But if you win the batting title, batting 400, it's going to be, yeah, but you only did it over 66 games. Yeah, but dude, but I still hit 400. Yeah, It's still rare to hit 400 after 66 games. Yeah, it won't have it's that. It's virtually impossible to do it after 162 games. Right, right. The year Williams did it, he did it in 154 games. That's how long the schedule was. Still amazing. Wow. Okay. We won't know until next week, which the hub cities will be for the NHL and their uh, playoff. Um, what are the Stanley cup tournaments, I guess. 
Yeah, we can it could be it, it could be Vegas and Vancouver, Mike. They could both be in the West. It could be Vegas and Edmonton. It could be Vegas and Toronto. Uh, and players will be allowed to cross into Canada as they will be deemed essential. A federal official told Canadian Press Thursday that the government issued an order in council that would allow one of Vancouver, Edmonton, or Toronto to serve as one of the NHL's two hub cities during the pandemic. The official was granted anonymity because they weren't authorized to discuss the order publicly. The order is awaiting the governor general's signature. And if that goes, NHL training camps will open July 10th. Ooh, coming soon. Right. And by July 10th, Mike, I expect that my golf game will be razor sharp. We'll play it a few more times at Crosswinds. Uh, great sponsor to this show. And I have to tell you, they're doing a fantastic job during this uh, COVID-19 crisis. Golf, golf's one of the few sports, and although it's getting easier for other ones, where physical distancing is pretty easy, where, um, you know, um, going into the pro shop one at a time, uh, they've got a shield there. You can make all your uh, contact, what are they called? Contactless um, transactions, right? Right. No contact at all, no human contact, anything like that. Uh, no touching the flagpoles, no rakes in the bunkers, plenty of time between tee times. So you wouldn't even be, get backed up on a particular hole and risk being within six feet of someone. Uh, and uh, you finish your round in like, like under four hours. It's great. So check out crosswindsgolf.com. Uh, they're uh, taking orders for weddings starting in 2021. This year is obviously an anomaly, but they're going full, st- full speed ahead. So visit them, crosswindsgolf.com. And uh, in uh, golf this week, the PGA Tour, Mackenzie Hughes of Dundas, Ontario, was one of the co-leaders at seven under par earlier today in round two of the RBC Heritage Classic. Mackenzie Hughes, Mike, is the guy I picked last year, remember, to win the Tour Championship? I do, yes. He did okay for a while, and then he fell out of it, but still, from Dundas, where I used to live. Wow. And that's, by the way, that word itself is now uh, controversial. Uh, Do they want to rename all the things named after Dundas? What do you mean? Have you read that? So I and I can't remember the guy who Dundas is, but uh, apparently he was a pro. No, he was pro slavery and anti abolitionist. Uh, so now there's some talk yeah. about whether you rename all the Dundas things. Wow, I mean, you could rename streets, you can rename monuments, um, areas of the city. Boy, that's that's but, a they, lot. But like yeah, you you're said, gonna have to go back. You're going to have to go back into the backgrounds of all of these places that were named for good people. Right, but at least we're talking about it, right? Like, let's yeah. let's have the conversation. Yeah. In soccer, uh, we're back. I mean, the English Premier League is back. The Bundesliga has been going on for a while. La Liga uh, in Spain. Uh, Serie A in Italy. And uh, MLS is going to be starting up uh, pretty soon, actually, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, the English Premier League has Spurs hosting Man U this afternoon. Mike, I watched a couple of matches the other day, yeah. and some of the enhanced audio was okay. I watched a few games. On one one of the games, I forget which one, the guy who was writing the audio really had the, the kind of cheering and the din and stuff like that. But he also, when there was a scoring chance, he was like hitting that button of the crowd, uh, anticipating the goal, Right. And there was one where the guy took a shot and he hit the side of the net, the side netting. Yeah. Which, you know, when you see that and you see it bulge, you know, whether it's in soccer or hockey, you go, ooh, like you think it's a goal. Right. And so the audio engineer mistakenly um, threw up the pot with like the cheering crowd, right? Right. Um, Thinking it was a goal as it was happening and it wasn't. And it sounded really weird. But other than that, it was okay. I didn't mind it. The other game was with no enhanced audio at all. And it just 
it was just, I don't know, weird. I mean, I don't, I, neither one is preferable. Um, but I think if you have a good audio engineer, it's less likely because one of the games was, I didn't even, it was just a din. It was like you put it at the lowest level, just in the background. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, a, a lapping shore or something like that. It, it's just, just another layer, a, a little layer of audio. And I didn't mind that at all. He didn't, he wasn't writing levels. He wasn't bringing the crowd noise up as the play got better. It was just a bit of a din to take away from the hollow sound. But there were no, and I wonder what it's going to sound like with other sports too. There were no crickets in that din, right? <laughs> yeah. No the no, just, okay. okay. I think it was a good show today. I think, um, I think we should wrap this one up. Uh, I'd, I'd be interested in your comments on things. Uh, you know, I thought about this a lot and, and you know, it's, it's really not my style. I try not to really call people out for stuff like this. I think the educational process of it, I think that for people to say, you know, maybe it shouldn't have gone that way. I learned a lot. And, you know, maybe Tim McClure won't jump in so fast to defend. Uh, maybe Kayla Gray won't jump in so fast without, you know, thinking about what she's saying. And, and, and I think, you know, maybe Sherry Ford and Dwayne Ford will also think about, you know, the, the, you know, when you lay a story out to someone that, you know, it's, there's, there's a possibility that well, uh, someone is not going to take it in the spirit that it's intended. They did edit it. That's kind of an interesting point here. So yes, at some point they well, did because see. Because again, if you really offended someone and, and they bring it to your attention, uh, it, you know, is it the right thing to say, well, I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm going to change it. Right. And like you say, hopefully it'll still have the same effect on the reader. Absolutely. Okay. That's it for episode 190 of Hebsey on Sports. Thanks as always to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Don't forget to check out his Toronto Mike podcast. And thanks also to our great sponsor, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. Great golf, million-dollar views, and they're booking weddings for 2021. Go to crosswindsgolf.com. Also, thanks to um, Otis the Cat. This was his first show. <laughs> right. He hears his dad talking, you know, to someone. He's, he's very engaged. He's wondering why I'm not paying attention to him. So thanks, Otis, for not uh, hijacking the entire podcast today. And thanks to you for allowing us into your headspace. Back with another episode next week. Until then, so long for now. This podcast has been produced by TMDS and accelerated by Rome Phone. Rome Phone brings you the most reliable virtual phone service to run your business and protect your home number from unwanted calls. Visit romephone.ca to get started.